everyone. Welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast series. I am your host, Angie Miller. And today we are going to talk about, are you thinking too small and living too safely? And how to dial up your dairy, how to dial 1-800-PLEASE-GIVE-ME-COURAGE to do whatever it is that I most want to do. So I have a courage expert, and she is the author of You Got This, Dr. Marty Worrell, on the show today. And she is going to be our guest expert, and she's going to tell us how to dial up our daring. So welcome, Marty. Hey, great to be with you, Ange. All right. It's good to be with you, too. So you know what? How do we? Where do we start here? How do we dial up our daring? How do we make sure? Because so many of us, I think, are just, you know, we want to play it safe because safe is safe. And and uh, it's really hard to get outside of that safe bubble and say, I really want to try this or I really want to try that. And I have to tell you, I hear it all the time with my clients in mental health. They have their safety net. They have their, their day job. But they have these goals and these dreams and these visions of things that they would love to accomplish. And they're not necessarily wanting to give up their day job, but gosh, if only they could dial up their daring. So how do we go about what's, what's the first step? Give us a one, two, three. <laughs> uh, yeah. Give yourself permission to wave a magic wand. And so what do I mean by that? So that's, that's, that's number one. So, you know, you think about little kids, you know, oh, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a, a famous movie star. I want to, you know, we, we have all these big visions of what we want to do. But as we go through then our adolescent years and then we launch into the world, often that that freedom to just dream big and connect to big things that in, in, excite and inspire us gets kind of beaten out of us. It's like, oh, be realistic, be sensible. You can't make money doing this. You know, that's not... That's not, you know, a, a plausible career, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think as adults, we have to give ourselves permission to wave the magic wand. And what do I mean by a wand? Well, I know when I was doing my coach training many, many years ago, uh, I was working in the corporate world and I had four young children and I had was just, I didn't want to stay in it, but I was like, yeah, I'd really love to work in empowering people to be braver in their lives. Right. But I was also like, do I have what it takes? And I remember sitting down one day and getting real clarity about, well, if I was living the boldest vision for my life, what would it look like? And I just did like a, a visualization exercise. And then I got out my journal and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. In fact, I did that exercise before I had my fourth child. I had three young children at the time, Ange. And part of the vision ended up being that I would have four children. And I remember thinking, how the heck am I supposed to have four children and have an inspiring career in a completely new area? And immediately my brain went into, oh, I can't do that. It's too hard. It's impossible. And here's all the reasons why not. Yes. But by but by having given myself permission to have just waved the magic wand, like what would the biggest vision for my life look like 10 years from now? It allowed me to connect to something that really spoke to, you know, really tugged on my heartstrings. You know, it was like as some, some, I've heard people say the siren call of your soul. Like what is it that you feel like you were put on earth to do? Yeah. And often we're too afraid to even wave that magic wand stick, that that childhood sort of like what would my ultimate be? Because we are afraid that we don't have what it takes to close the gap 
to, to yeah. bridge that chasm between where we are now and where we would love to be. So, and you know, yeah, no, go ahead. Finish that thought. Sorry about that. You got me all excited. It is literally an act of courage. And I wrote about this in my very first book, Find Your Courage, which for me was an act of courage to write it. It is an act of courage to simply dare to dream big. So just know that it's going to require bravery to do that, but start with that. Yeah, I love that. Just to dream big, just to dare to put yourself in a situation where you're thinking about what might be or what could be. You know, for me, what really has helped me to call on my courage is at one point in my marriage, we moved uh, three times in five years. And, uh, and all together we've moved, I think it was six times. And so every time that I moved, I had to sort of reinvent myself and figure out who I was going to be in this new space, because it always meant letting go of everything that I knew and having to restart and rebuild and recreate. So there've been so many times in my life where I've had to call on my courage and be my boldest self. And there've been so many times where I've fallen flat on my face and doing that. And that's one of the things that I want to talk about is you know, sometimes we think small and we live safe because we were thinking about this bold vision and we, we can't even sometimes imagine it, but it's that whole thing of what if it doesn't work out? And, and these times where we have fallen flat on our face, where we can say, you know, I don't want to do that again, or I don't want to go through that place where um, I have to explain why it didn't work. And, yeah. and yet I love those stories of people who pick themselves up after they fall flat on their face and, that's exactly what helped them to create the next thing, right? Yeah, look, it's so true. And often we let past failures, past setbacks dictate our future. I tried that once and I failed. I put myself out there once and I failed. I had a, a you know, a business and it went under or, you know, and I'm like, okay, that happened in the past, but there's three Ps when it comes to being more resilient. One is, the first is one, don't overpersonalize it. You failed at something does not mean that you are a failure. You tried something and you didn't get the result you wanted. Okay, that's what happened. You're not a failure. You took an action and you failed to produce desired outcome A. That doesn't mean you're a failure. So, one, don't overpersonalize it. Two, don't make it be too pervasive. I tried at this and so I'll never be good at anything. You know, like I did a bad investment once, I'm never going to invest in anything again. Um, so be careful you don't overgeneralize it to every area of your life. And three, don't make it permanent. You tried something, you failed. doesn't mean you will always fail. And I think the more we can kind of step back from the past events and not let them kind of hold our future hostage. And often we do let the past hold our future hostage. I know, like you, I've moved a lot too. In fact, I've moved continents um, multiple. I think I've moved continents six times in the course over the last 20, 25 years and having four kids and having a forging my own career as well and having to start over in an entire new continent, building community, building networks, figuring, getting people to know who I was, a lot of energy out in the beginning, obviously. And yet it's easy to go, oh, it's just all too hard and, you know, I'm not even going to try. And, and, and yet you have no idea what you can do when you do give yourself permission to try and to figure it out as you go along. And so, you know, I said the first part of this is, is just giving yourself permission to wave that magic wand and to unleash 
your imagination. Like what would my ultimate vision for my life look like 10 years from now? And not to let the past define that or limit that. Just because you didn't succeed before, you will have valuable learnings in that. And, And then as you go forward, expect, number two, expect setbacks. And I'm not trying to be negative here and say, oh, yeah, it's all going to go badly. But just expect that things won't always go smoothly. I mean, if everything went smoothly, Ange, I mean, we'd all be best New York Times bestselling authors and we'd all have, you know, that's not life. Life's what happens when you're making other plans. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't connect to the bold vision. It just means when things don't go the way you want, you don't treat those setbacks as permanent, as pervasive and as and, and over-personalise them, but yes. instead go, okay, this is part of the course of what it takes to succeed at anything worthwhile. You know, I love what you said. I love those that you said, you know, about building resilience is not over-personalizing. And I think that we take little setbacks as being very personal. Like if, if that didn't go well, then I am a failure. Or if this didn't turn out the way that it was meant to turn out, then I'm not good at doing business. It's not personal. It's that we set our sights to these things, but sometimes they don't go the way that we expected. But I also love the second thing where you said, when you said, um, don't, make it too pervasive. In other words, don't globalize it. I think that we globalize setbacks and we assume that not only is it personal, but it, it means that it's, it's going to cross everything that we tried to do. You know, we tainted one thing, we tried one thing, therefore everything we try isn't going to work out. And then it's not permanent. You know, it's only permanent if we make it permanent. If we have one setback and we make it uh, the, the story of our lives, then that is going to be the last chapter we ever wrote, right? Yeah, absolutely. And (laughs) the truth is in life that we don't thrive and grow and flourish and really blossom into our potential in, in the absence of challenges and setbacks and struggles. We grow and learn and thrive and, and bloom into our potential in the presence of those things. And if you're listening to this now, I'll be I'll think about a time in your life where it was challenging and difficult. You would not be who you are today if you had not gone through that time, if you had not experienced that challenge. That doesn't mean it was easy. It doesn't mean you liked it. It doesn't mean you want to have it again. But you, you learned so much about yourself and discovered strengths and honed talents and and developed wisdom and insight that you would never have got. You also gained uh, knowledge and expertise that actually you can bring, and even empathy, compassion that you can bring to your work and your life right now. That you wouldn't have you not gone through that. I actually, in my uh, through my teens, Angela, I actually had an eating disorder. I struggled with bulimia. And I had to do a lot of inner work on myself in my early 20s in order to be freed from what was a pretty debilitating cycle. And it was a lot of shame around it. And I mean, it wasn't so much a failure on its, you know, that I tried launched a business and I failed, but I failed a million times because a million times said I was, I was, I'm going to stop this. And then I didn't, and I didn't, and I didn't, and I was so down on myself. But in doing the work that was required, the inner work required to to really rise above that and be freed from this very toxic and destructive relationship with my body and with food, I developed 
insight and wisdom and skills and 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 empathy that I have brought to my life ever since that has allowed me actually I would not be who I am today or where I am today had I not had that period of of pretty significant struggle through my adolescent years and early adulthood oh, and yes. so I absolutely I think it's those experiences Oh, absolutely. I think it's those hardships, those difficulties that define us the most. And really, it's our stories that connect us to other people. You know, it's the story of me being a caregiver for my mom. It's the story of moving five or six. I think I've, I think I must have shot that down in my brain how many times we've actually moved. It's those stories of when things were really, really difficult in your life and your marriage and your career with your kids. It's all those really, really difficult experiences that turn us into empaths that help us be able to relate to other people. And that's what gives us the fortitude and the courage to help others because we know we've been there. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's a, a wonderful way of putting it. And it's when you open up and you're vulnerable to other people about your struggles that they're willing to be vulnerable about theirs and that they connect to that and say, you know what, it's not just me. These are actually things that that take me to the next level. But you're right. Uh, personal growth doesn't take take place during periods of comfort. Personal growth doesn't take place when everything is smooth sailing. Personal growth takes place when we get thrown out and we get soaking wet and we get our knees skinned up and we come out a little bit bloodier and a little bit uh, more you know, humble, but that's where we really grow and that's where we really want to take the next step. Yeah, yeah. They say that oak trees lay deeper roots in storms and I think for all of us as humans, when we're going through a difficult time, we have to kind of ground ourselves more deeply in what really matters. You know, you can't just go along at a superficial level. And over the last 12 months, all of us have had to deal with challenging situations that we had never imagined much less prepared for through the COVID-19 pandemic. And yet those times that test us the most also have the most to teach us and also hold the greatest opportunities for us to grow and to sometimes fall forward um, and to rise higher, soar higher in our lives. And so for anyone listening to this, you may have had a tough time lately or you might be in the middle of a really difficult time right now or maybe there's something you're dealing with that is hard and you're really struggling and you can't see how this could possibly be a good thing. It's just hard. Life can be hard sometimes and I've had those times myself. But if you can just keep faith in those times that as Napoleon Hill, he wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich and he said, every adversity holds the seed of an equal or greater benefit. The thing is, is that we often think when we're in the middle of a hard time, oh, I should be able to see what the seed is and I can, should be able to imagine the, the great mighty tree that will grow from it. No, you can't always see it. Sometimes you just, you just, you're like, this just seems lousy. I put my heart and soul into this venture. I'm giving everything and then it all fell through and it wasn't my fault or, you know, whatever. Sometimes circumstances outside our control really do come to play and we find ourselves derailed in, in ways that maybe we had nothing to do with or maybe we had everything to do with it. Maybe it was completely our doing that something didn't work out. Either way, there is an incredible opportunity for learning and growing 
And I think if all we're doing is looking at the closed doors, if all we're doing is focusing on what went wrong and who's to blame, whether it's us or someone else, it actually keeps us, it literally constricts our vision and stops us going, well, how can I use this experience to take myself to higher ground? How can I use this experience to grow into a person I would never have become had I not gone through it? And that might be, you know, something you've struggled with. As I said, for me in my in my earlier adult years, it was an eating, an eating disorder. But over the years, I mean, I've had a lot of just family tragedies and struggles. And I know as hard as they've been, I wouldn't have the experience of life today and be able to help others today had I not gone through those things. And it's true for all of us in different ways. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm talking to Dr. Margie Worrell and she wrote, you've got this and she is a courage expert. And that's what we're talking about. We are talking about, are you thinking too small and living too safely? How to dial up your daring, how to step outside of your comfort zone? Because at the end of the day, we all know that comfort is comfort and we'd all love to stay cozy, but change never happens when we're cozy. Change never happens when things are just moving along, smooth sailing. And, and uh, you know, Margie, you mentioned, COVID and how it shifted everybody's lives. And we all had to step outside of our comfort zone. And I thought that that was a perfect thing to bring up because I do think that for those of us, you know, if you've never moved, if you've never had to reinvent yourself or restart your career, um, if you've never had those things come your way, something like COVID really shifts everybody's narrative and shifts everybody's way of seeing the world. And and none of us wanted it. And, and, and it had you know, so many tragedies associated with it. But I think that we all learned a lot about ourselves personally and professionally. And it forced a lot of people to get out of their comfort zone and rethink that the way that they look at their careers and how they're going to move forward, right? It forced them to dial up their daring because they really didn't have any other choice. Yeah. And when sometimes when we're forced to do something and we haven't got a choice, we go, wow, you know, I did that. You know, you can do hard things. You can do difficult things. You can adapt to situations that you might go, you know, how often have I heard people over the years say they look at someone else, someone else has a situation that, you know, they have a child that is born with a significant um, health challenge or they lose a partner or something happens to someone else and we go, oh, I could never deal with what they're dealing with. I would never be able to deal with that. But when people find themselves forced to deal with something, something happens to them, we may, you know, they may be having to go through the cycle of, I can't believe it's happening. But ultimately, people discover within themselves capacities and resources and strengths they would never have otherwise called on, courage they would never have otherwise called on. And so you have to ask yourself, if I could do that when the chips are down, what is it that I'm not doing right now when everything's kind of smooth sailing? I love and so, that. And so, so much of our potential, William James, the psychologist, said most people live in a very restricted circle of their full potential. So much of our potential lays dormant, is never tapped and expressed. It, and it stays locked away. And sometimes the only way we can we ever even realize it's there is when we are thrust outside our comfort zone and we are having to deal with something because if we don't, we're going to sink. Mm -hmm. But the question to ask listeners is, 
where right now are you not living in your potential because you're not forced to? And where do you need to be bolder in your vision for yourself in ways that will, will compel you to dig deep? Um, I have a, a really personal example of this. So a few years ago, we decided, my, my husband and I, our four kids, we decided we would climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And some people may have climbed Kili um, that are listening. It's about 20,000 feet. So pretty high. It's pretty high into the African sky. It's called the rooftop of Africa. And at the time, my children were 13, 14, 17, and 18. And it sounded like a, it was. we knew it was a bold, daring sort of aspiration. We knew that a lot of people don't even make it to the top, particularly children. Their bodies don't adjust to oxygen, the, the, thinner, the thinner air as well as adults, um, and that there was a chance we wouldn't all make it. But we thought, let's just give this a go as a family. Wouldn't this be a cool thing to do as a family? And we took the long route to get to base camp just so that we gave, you know, the, the, our kids time to acclimatise. My husband and I had done a little bit of altitude climbing, but not a lot. And then on summer day, we got up very early and we set off. And within about 30 minutes, my youngest child was throwing up. Within another 30 minutes, my third child was throwing up. Um, about six hours in, I was throwing up. I had a pounding headache. I felt nauseous. But we just kept pressing on, just one very slow step after another. And eventually, and it took us nine hours, but we got to the top. And I remember we were all laying there utterly exhausted, completely depleted. I was so tired. And I said to everyone, let's get a photo. We have a, we have a photo. You can, you can see it on my website um, of us all on the top of Kelly. But I share that story because... We had to dig so deep to get to that mountain summit. And honestly, it would have been very easy to say it's just too hard and four kids, you know, my youngest 13. He wasn't the youngest person to ever climb Kelly, but he was kind of not far off it. But we often have no idea what we're capable of doing unless we dare to try. Yeah. And so often we don't even dare to try because we say, oh, it's too hard and I probably won't succeed. And so we just need to give ourselves permission not to succeed and to fall down as we go along, but to connect to that bold vision because that's what makes life worth living. You know, and I love that you brought up a physical example and kudos to you and your family. Kudos to you and your husband and to your four kids for doing that. I love that you brought up a physical example because we're talking to physical minded people who are also wellness focused. And, and it's interesting because just recently I actually signed up to uh, hike in the Appalachian Mountains and uh, I'm going to join a group and it said that you have to be able to carry 20 to 30 pounds of weight and we're going to be in these high altitudes and we're going to hike for, you know, six to 10 hours a day. And I called the girlfriend and I was like, do you want to do it with me? And she's like, oh, heck no. And then a couple of days later, she called me and said, you know what I'm in? I've been thinking more and more about it. Okay. And uh, it's these experiences, though, these these times. And, and it's probably from all these different moves that I've done or in a previous uh, podcast, I talked about how when I was in college way before uh, study abroad was a big thing, I decided that I was going to do my student teaching to be a, a teacher. I 
was going to do it in Switzerland. And uh, this was, you know, decades ago before this was a big thing to do. And the person who was supposed to set me up with housing didn't set me up with housing. And so I landed at the Geneva airport and tried to read French and figure out how to get to the train to take to Lausanne and then found myself a hotel for the weekend at the mere age of, you know, 19 years old and put myself up until I could contact the headmaster on Monday. And it's those kind of experiences that it's such yeah. a young age that that taught me if I could do that, then I could do this. If I can yeah. care for my mom, then I can do this. And uh, we had an, another one of those a few years ago. I, I knew my daughter needed to get out of her comfort zone. And we did a global village Habitat for Humanity trip. And we did it in Hungary. And we built a house. And she and I are small in frame. And so we got stuck in the uh, in the attic. And we had the hazmat suits and the masks and the helmets. And it was probably 99 degrees and purely humid. And we kept standing up and hitting our head and, you know, dazed and confused. And it was hotter than you would ever ever believe. And it's those kind of things that, you know, I think that when trainers and people in the fitness space, when you do that physical empowerment stuff, we need to remember that that translates to emotional empowerment that translates to personal power. So if you're more comfortable in a physical space, put yourself in an uncomfortable position physically, because that translates to personal and emotional power that helps you dial up your daring. Absolutely. The physical and the psychological are so intertwined. And I remember that too. I grew up thinking I was never very coordinated, that I just couldn't run, that I just didn't have legs that ran. And I was, I joined a boot camp um, when I was living in McLean, Virginia, and uh, one of my many pit stops around the world. And I um, got involved in running. And then one day we did an eight mile run. I was like, that's the furthest I've ever run. I didn't think I could run eight miles and then I did 10 miles and then I did a half marathon, 16 miles and then I did a half marathon, you know, and, and, and things just got bigger and bigger. But it also made me go, well, you know, if I've been buying into a story that I can't run, like run any distance, what other stories am I buying into that I've I bought into? And, and for those listening, are probably are not going to have been living in a story like I can't run because you are in the fitness space. But it is so interesting how often those stories that we we tell ourselves become self-fulfilling prophecies until we're jolted out of them. And so, um, yeah, you're, I backpacked around the world on my own at 21 and I had many experiences where I was in some place, you know, there was no cell phones back then, no, no mm-hmm. parent credit card. You just had to yes. figure it out. But how much that emboldened me for so many bigger things. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that those, I think that, you know, that that when we do it when we're young, it makes us want to keep doing it, but it doesn't mean that you had to do it when you were young, you know, go on that next adventure uh, that, that forces you out of your physical comfort zone and you'll come back emboldened to get out of your comfort zone in life in general. And I think that that's a space that we as physical minded people can absolutely relate to. But um, I do love that you talk, Margie, a lot about the stories that we tell ourselves because those stories are powerful and and we look for you you know you and I have talked about the whole velcro teflon thing and we look for things that support those stories and and we have to really be careful that we're not holding on to narrative that supports the story that we're holding on to narrative that calls bluff on the story or tells yeah. the story that it might not be true what if it's not what if it's not true that you're not a runner 
You know, what if it's not true that we're not athletes? What if it's not true that we're not good at business? What if we just haven't given ourselves the opportunity to uh, show that story that mm, there might be some error in that? Yeah, yeah. Look, and and I and that's where I know we talked previously on doubt your doubts. You know, we we treat our doubts as though they're the truth. We just buy into them. By the same token, when it comes to stories, we create our stories and then our stories create us. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the past and past experiences. Well, you can't change the past, but you can change your story about the past. And just recognising at any point we can change the stories that we're telling about what's come before us, where we may have been living in a story that had us living small or living too safely, or feeling like a victim. You know, it's because of our parents we can't do this, or because we didn't get a great education, or because of, you know, like, that's all a story. I'm not saying that there's not certain things that happen, but what's the spin that you're putting on those things that have happened? Where are you living in a story that's keeping you living a smaller life than you are capable of living? And, and just sometimes really stepping back and challenging that story. What if you tried? What if that experience you had that felt so terrible was actually within it a hidden gift because it pointed you toward learning something that you would never have learned otherwise, that you would you had to grow in a way you would never have grown. You wouldn't be the person you are today. And when we change the stories we have about past events, yeah, and we do that in a way that expands, not shrinks, but expands what we see as possible for ourselves in the future. It actually allows us to step more fully into our own potential and, mm -hmm. and not just for our own sake, but for all the people we care about and for your clients, you know, who is missing out on what you have to bring because you're stuck in a story that's keeping you living too safe and too small. Yeah, I love that. I love that you can't change your story, but you can change, you know, you can't change your past, but you can change your story about the past. I love that. And sometimes I think it's just looking back with a softer lens. I talked, um, you know, in my women's retreat that I just hosted, I talked about how when we see our lives right now, we're looking at our life, like I always look at life like a camera and I'm looking through a very short sighted lens. I can only see what's right in front of me. But as time passes, my lens gets longer and it gets wider and often it gets softer. We can look back at past versions of ourselves and have a little bit of a kinder lens toward that. So maybe you can't change the past, but maybe you can look more kindly at your response to your past because you only knew what you knew. But now you know a little bit more and now you can take a chance on yourself, right? Yeah, and I think also, I mean, I guess it's pretty deep work here, but also being more compassionate with yourself. But if you could step into the shoes of those maybe you're holding a grudge against, and they were struggling themselves. They had their own battles. They had their own inner demons. They had their own fears and insecurities that may have been driving behavior. And you've, you hold this immense anger towards them. That's like walking into the future with a ball and chain around your ankle. Mm -hmm. And so we need to change our stories and be kind to ourselves. But we also sometimes need to go, where do I need to be more compassionate towards others that I may have been holding on to a lot of blame with as well?
Yeah, I love that because I think that when we do do that, when we blame our parents or we blame other people who got in our way in the past, that just holds us back from realizing our full potential. We really have to look back with some forgiveness, make peace with that situation, recognize what we got out of it, recognize where we are now, because look where we were able to get despite those things, you know, kudos to ourselves, and then use what we learned to move forward in a more productive way. So, um, Marty Worrell, I really appreciate you being being on. I loved your book. You've got this. Um, this was a great talk just to talk about dialing up our daring. Cause I think that so many times we all wish we could just pick up the phone and be like, courage. Are you there? I need you today. Okay. <laughs> I need you for this interview or I need you for this big yeah. event that I want to host. And, and we can't just dial up our daring. It's not that simple, but I do love that. We don't have to globalize these things in our past that didn't go well. And we can look back with a little bit more loving kindness towards some of our experiences and thank you for all that you shared thank you for being on okay. and i wish okay. all of you um a happy safe and uh, wonderful day